0: psychedelics. The word conjures up images of peace and love and the hippies from the 60s and 70s, but a growing amount of research is showing that these kind of drugs could have real therapeutic uses in mental health treatment. But psychedelics is a pretty broad term, so what exactly is under this umbrella? I spoke with Radham Pentarenkar, director of the Canadian Centre for Psychedelic Sciences, to get a better understanding of what exactly we're talking about
1: there is no one consistent definition of what's included under this umbrella term. When I say psychedelics, I mean classical psychedelics, and that includes only four substances. That's magic mushrooms, LSD, DMT, and mescaline. Uh, however, other substances like MDMA and ketamine uh, in recent years have been also grouped under this umbrella, as they also sometimes cause visual effects. And MDMA also operates on the serotonin
0: uh, pathways, same as classical psychedelics. Interest in research in psychedelics goes all the way back centuries and really started to get some traction in the 50s. So why did it take so long to get here and look at psychedelics for their therapeutic benefits? For more insight, I spoke with Erica Dick, Professor of History of Health and Social Justice in the Department of History at the University of Saskatchewan.
2: Yeah, you know, I think the sort of first generation of psychedelic science or really clinical applications of psychedelics in the 1950s in particular really sort of gathered momentum but by the 1970s that research had really trickled to a halt there was a pretty strong war on drugs that was uh, introduced by Richard Nixon and this idea that you know some drugs should be put into a category of dangerous of not medically valuable or beneficial there was a UN convention in 1971 that really sort of put a firm stamp on psychedelics in this category of high risk for abuse potential, and low uh, chances of medicinal benefits. And despite the research and the findings at the time, I think that those categories really stuck. And that's certainly where psychedelics still exist today, although research is starting to chip away at some of those regulatory classifications. So I think there's been a real dark period or a sort of dormant period in terms of the legal research that has been taking place.
0: Now it appears we're coming out of this dormant period, and there's a renewed interest in studying psychedelics for therapeutic uses. So where does the research stand today? Here's Rodham Pinterinkar again. The findings seem very promising.
1: Um, there is mounting evidence that psychedelics uh, are effective for a variety of mental health conditions, including depression, anxiety, OCD, uh, potentially eating disorders, chronic pain, the list goes on. And really, uh, the effect sizes we're seeing are quite large, um, a lot bigger than
0: what we expect, say, from other frontline treatments like uh, antidepressants. But what makes psychedelic therapy different from traditional antidepressant therapy? With Insight, here's Rob Tenge, clinical assistant professor in the University of Calgary Department of Psychiatry and Surgery.
3: The important thing is, is that the, the data that we're seeing for psychedelics is always in combination with therapy. So it's a very unique process where in most drug development, you're talking about developing a molecule. Uh, What we're seeing here is the development of treatment protocols along with the molecule. Uh, That's actually really, really quite unique and not something that we see with other uh, medications. Uh, The other part is that unlike most medications that you take for um, mental illness, you end up taking a medication for long periods of time. The uh, research that we see right now are for large doses of MDMA or psilocybin over just two or three treatment protocols. And then that's it. So a very different process where you're aggressively treating the underlying cause of the depression or the PTSD And then moving forward without a medication.
0: Are there any ethical concerns for integrating this kind of therapy into our healthcare system? And how do we ensure equitable access to this kind of therapy?
2: That's a million dollar question. It will require a variety of different voices at the table. And I I think we need that because we need to respect the sort of diverse ways that people are taking psychedelics in the first place. You know, whether it's only through a psychiatrist that one can get psychedelics, I think people will still seek out their own supplies if their wait lists are too long. So I think we need to bring a variety of heads to the table um, as we think about what kind of safe regulation could be in place so that we can tackle some of the questions about stigma and reputation alongside those ethical questions about access, demand, and safety. Uh, We really want to make sure, I think, that we promote a kind of safe context for consuming psychedelics And that's going to have to combat some of the stigma, but also not overwhelm things in the other direction to suggest that these are entirely safe and anyone can take them. So what about
0: the risks? As with any new medication coming onto the market, it would seem foolish to assume there would be no risks or side effects attached to it. Here's Rod and again. Classical psychedelics are almost impossible to uh, overdose on.
1: It's almost impossible that they would cause physical harm. Whereas MDMA and ketamine, could very well be dangerous if you take too much of these substances.
3: When you look at the risk-benefit ratio and the harms that can come from them, the harms are much lower than many other medications that we prescribe today. There is always the risk of unlicensed therapists and people who, you know, took a course and now say, oh, I'm a, I'm a psychedelic therapist because I was, you know, kind of dabbling in this before. Uh, that's a big risk. And, making sure that the provinces put together appropriate regulations to protect patients from these kind of issues.
2: Psychedelics have for a long time carried that heavy stigma, this idea that they're going to you know, be addictive or toxic or that they're going to cause some kind of dangerous and violent behaviors. And I think um, research is now showing that not only were those claims overblown in the past – a lot, of these, uh, a lot of these substances are being used safely as medications and they're having better results than some of the other contemporary competitors on the market today. And they're starting to change that stigma, certainly in the last 10 years. I think the stories about psychedelics have begun to chip away at that reputation.
0: Where will psychedelic therapy go in the next 5 or 10 years? It's, it's hard to say, but all the experts I spoke to are very optimistic about the potential of this kind of treatment for mental health issues. For the 2024 Health Series